0: Hello, my name is Alexis Watson, and I am the Events and Operations Assistant at the Northeast Conference. Today, I'm joined by Nicole Dunson, Track and Field Coach at Central Connecticut State University, for the NEC Champions for Change series. Nicole, thank you for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. So, as you know, the NEC Champions for Change series is to was created to uplift the voices of our student athletes, coaches, and administrators as they speak out against racial injustice. So I really appreciate you being uh, with us today to talk about your story. So with that being said, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Um, well, I coach men's and women's, sprints, hurdles, and Jump Set Central. I'm an alum. Awesome. I was there many years ago. Um, Eric, who's our head cross-country track and field coach, former teammate of mine, um, originally from New York. And, you know, now I just reside in Connecticut in Middletown with my family, our kids, and my boyfriend. So that's, that's about me in a nutshell.
0: Great. And I know you um, also are the mother of a D1 track and field athlete as well. Yeah. I
1: am, I am. He competes in our
0: conference, so. Awesome. Um, so I know being not only a track and field coach, but also the mother of a Division I track athlete, cases in this country like we see with Ahmad Aubrey, where he was killed running in his own neighborhood, um, really have to hit close to home for you.
1: Um, it does. It does. I can't, you know, with everything that's happening right now in the world, my first thought is always to the parents, like to the family and what they must be going through right now. I can't imagine what it would be like um, for my child just not to come home one day, you know. Um, the Armand case does um, touch close to home for us. As you said, my son's a runner. Um, he's an avid runner. He loves it. He runs a lot. Um, we run sometimes together. Well, he runs. I ride my bike because he's clearly talented, <laughs> um, clearly retired. Um, so uh, we often go on, um, go off on runs run slash bike rides together. Um, and I'll share with you our story recently that happened within this last month. Uh, We were off on our trail running the Connecticut Rail Trail here in Connecticut, and um, we passed by a house that had a large Confederate flag in the front of it, Um, and the family was, uh, or two people, I assume, that lived in the house were out on the porch watching us run by, and this was the first time for me that I really um, saw in the moment and really experienced um, my son's reaction to something like that. And so um, he stopped running, like he stopped in his, in his trail and he suggested that we go back. He was like, ah, I think we should turn around. And I was like, no, we're not turning around um, because by nature I'm stubborn. So I'm like, we're not turning around. And he was really, he was really shaken. He was like, I really think that we should turn around. Um, and I could see in his face that he was scared. And I was like, we're not turning around. We're gonna be fine. And so we continue on, um, but, you know, in the moment, as soon as we start to continue on, I questioned myself, you know, I questioned whether my stubbornness um, just sacrificed our safety, you know, because you really don't know. And I also saw how it affected him completely. His entire mood changed, his entire day was affected. He, he just, he wasn't happy the rest of the day and he couldn't stop talking about it. He couldn't stop thinking about it. You know, he was, he was really scared. Um, and so, you know, for me, that was like a real moment seeing him like, wow. I mean, we, I know that racism exists. I know that there are a lot of people in this world that don't like black people and I've experienced it and I know he's experienced it and he's been experienced. It, but that was really the first time we were together and I saw his, his initial reaction to it instead of him just sharing a story with me and it it um you know it hurts my heart you know I mean I um you know I'm scared anyway I mean he's he's six four black man I'm um, concerned for safety on a regular basis but to really see his face um just like really shook me you know you just don't want it's okay for me to feel the things that I feel, but you just don't want your children to have to feel those things. You almost, you, you want them to know, but you almost don't want them to know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know? Um, yeah.
0: So yeah, that was,
1: you know, a recent experience for us here.
0: How do you prepare him for those situations? Like, what kind of conversations do you have with him? And-
1: um. You know, we, we talk about everything. We talk about any possibility that we could think happened. You know, I tell them, not even, don't even run the yellow light. Don't ever make it there a reason for there to be a question. And you don't really want a world where every single move that you do in this life has to be questioned, but that's where we're at right now. You know, when we go into the store, you know, make sure that your hands can be seen, you know? Uh, make sure you're not carrying anything. You know, you don't have any bags. Someone's going to suspect you of something. Um, you know, even right now that we're going through a pandemic and everyone's wearing these um, different type of masks, even that concerns me because automatically, um, you know, he could be viewed as a threat for having a mask on his face that the whole world is wearing right now, you know? Um, so we have these conversations about, um what to do and where to be, you know, and and how to react to situations and to always comply and to never be combative and to never fight and to never talk back and just to remain safe. And, you know, and and we just hope for the best turnout.
0: I can't imagine having to, you know, like you said, you, you want them to be aware, but you don't want them to ever have to experience that. But that's just a very unfortunate reality of the society we live in today. And I know um, you have a daughter too. How have you prepared her for for these situations?
1: Um, so she's been challenging, and she kind of forced our hand in this because you know of everything that's going on right now. Um, you can't hide it, and so uh, we never really had that conversation until she very recently. Everything that's happened since. Um, Killing of George Floyd and everything that's happened since then. She's aware. She sees television. She sees social media. Um, and she just came into the kitchen one morning and said to us, um, "Why do white people hate us? Why do they try to kill us?" And you know, we just we just stood there. We we really didn't have an answer. You know, she comes to us because we are the adults and we are the parents and we're supposed to have the answers. And we ourselves don't have like real answers like actual answer other than just because they they do you know um and so uh, she forced her hand in that because um, she asked this question and we had to have a conversation with her about um, you know why some people feel the way they do and 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 some people are are taught um, they're just taught to hate you know um, and for me and that's that's how I've always felt it's you have to be taught to hate someone, or you have to be taught to think that way. Um, you have to be taught to be racist. You don't. You're not born that way, you know. Right. And it's something that um, we just really, we just really hadn't had a sit down with her because, like I said before, we almost we don't want her to have to think about that. You know, we don't want her to have to make a white and black separation. But the reality of it is, is that we all we are. We are. So um, you know, that's that's something we've had to do with her also. She's a so we were, um, and I know that a loving's not too young, but it's you know, it's just she's not an adult, so right. I have to explain it to her in a way that she can kind of comprehend and probably won't really understand until she unfortunately one day experiences it, but you hope that never happens.
0: Right. Yeah, it's it's hard. I think we see a lot of people, um, you know, with everything being so present in the media, it seems like there's a lot of people saying like, oh, we shouldn't expose our children to this, you know, but what a privilege it is to not be able to think about that you know to not have to sit down with your kids say some people are just gonna hate you so unfortunate um on a more positive note you work in track and fields um yesterday i spoke with kaylia bailey um and she talked about just how much she loves the team and the dynamic that you and the other coaches have created Um, I think most people would would be able to see that track and field teams across the country, especially on the collegiate level, are some of the most diverse teams. Um, How do you facilitate those kinds of conversations with your student athletes? Um,
1: Well, you know, to be honest, we do have these conversations in my office, Um, especially um, our black student athletes, especially our men. you know, we have conversations, I have conversations with them, and I have to say to them, we, we have different rules. We have different rules and you have to understand and know that, you know, sometimes if um, someone's just might be doing something that they shouldn't be doing or in terms of academics, you know, I'm, I have to have the conversation with them that it's not a level playing field. It's not, you know. Um, we're always going to be a step behind. So we're always going to have to make that extra step. We're, you know, we're always going to have to cross our T's and dot our I's and everything we do because the society is not set up for us to be successful. You know, um, so we have those very real conversations and I think that they respect it. Um, and, you know, and we will have these conversations and we can have these conversations in front of anyone. I think our team is pretty, um, pretty open and pretty aware and we're you know and and pretty unified we have a very family oriented atmosphere in our group so and i i'm you know i'm totally grateful and fortunate for that um it does it does help me do my job well um because you know and i'm concerned too i'm concerned every day about about the athletes on my team i worry about them you know i worry that if someone doesn't make the right decision one day or might say the wrong thing whatever the right decision and the wrong thing might be, um, you know, that they may get
0: hurt. This is kind of a big question. Um, What is your hope for our country moving forward and how do you think sport, particularly being a track and field coach, Um, can help us get towards that?
1: Well, I think track is that one sport, as you said, that is super diverse. Um, People from everywhere come together. I mean, people from everywhere come to our country to run on a high level. Um, Internationally, everyone comes together to compete against each other. So it is a beautiful sport. Um, You know, I just, I hope that when my kids are my age, they don't have to have the same conversations with their kids. They don't have to have the same experiences. We've seen for decades and decades that um, there really hasn't been much change. And really what's happening now is just a lot more exposure, you know. Our, we are are knowing and seeing things. And this generation right now is exposed to things that we were not when we were their age because we didn't have those kind of outlets, we didn't have social media and things like that. So they're learning and seeing things. And I imagine that um, the way that they're having to learn to handle those things um, can be very challenging because I don't know if I was 16 or 18 or even, uh, you know, 21, when kind of social media just started hitting the platform for us when I was in college, um, how I would have reacted. Um, what I would have been dealing with because mentally what's happening in the world right now is so draining and it it is so stressful. I mean, there are definitely days where I um, walk away from my phone or social media and television. I don't want to read things and I don't want to hear things because it's a lot, you know, and even though you want to be in the know and you want to be in the know. You need to be in the know because you need to know what's going on. it's sad and it's, it's, it's frustrating, you know, and it's, it makes you fearful and it makes you angry. Um, so I don't know, I, you know, I have to applaud all of our, our young black kids that are dealing with what's happening right now. And I just hope that when they're our age that this is not the case anymore, you know. Support system from, from the government from the police, from the communities, um, you know, that that will help um, reform, that will help reform.
0: Absolutely. Um, I guess lastly, I would ask, um, and you kind of touched on it, especially from your point of view of being a coach, a mother, people looking up to you, it does get draining. Um, what Tips do you have for other coaches or administrators with student athletes looking up to them to help their student athletes navigate this space, to help fellow coaches navigate this space where it does get draining and tiring and hard and frustrating?
1: Um, so, you know, the, the most important thing for myself. Um, and for our entire coaching staff is to let our athletes, all of our athletes know that this is a safe space that you can express yourself. Um, And we did address this as a team. Um, We want them to know that they can come to us. And I, you know, and I will check on them. You know, I want to know that they're doing okay. I want to know if there's anything that I can do to help. But I think most importantly is just letting them know that they can come to you they can have those uncomfortable conversations because a lot of times people don't want to have those conversations but i'm honest with them you know i try to be very real with them about with all of them about what's going on and i let them also know that i appreciate them coming to me and sharing my stories and they've done the same with me you know i've shared stories with my athletes and um we've been very forthcoming and they've been very grateful and i i think it kind of helps it helps build us and I help. it helps bring us closer together. Um, and I imagine though that, I imagine that quite a few coaches are um, probably doing the same. Black coaches at least are probably doing the same and just, you know, opening up the platform for their athletes to speak and to share stories and to talk, you know, tell how they feel, um, whether they're, they're scared or, um, you know, whether they're angry, you know, whatever questions they have, whatever answers you can give anyway, um, because, We don't have all the answers to everything, but um, you know, I just like to let them know that that all of those things are okay. And this is a place where you can do that. And we can have our conversations and we can share that information or we can keep that information confidential, whatever, you know, whatever works for you.
0: Awesome. And like I said, um, you know, with notes from speaking to Kalia yesterday that it clearly shows that you guys Um, do such a great job at CCSU on the track team. And you've created a really awesome um, environment there. So thank thank you. you. And um, thank you for for sharing that with us today.
1: Of course, I'm happy to be a part of this. I think this is great. Thank you for doing this.
0: Well, thank you um, for another awesome Champions for Change part of our series. glad you're excited for this and and we're excited too. So thank you so much, Nicole. Thanks, Alexis.